Eagles Entertainment. Compassionate and trusted care. Clinical expertise. It's the cornerstone of NovaCare Rehabilitation and why they're the leading provider of physical therapy throughout the Delaware Valley. Don't let aches and pains or any injury slow you down. Schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. The Philadelphia Eagles choose NovaCare. So can you. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy. Welcome back to Return Game, Birds, Boys, and Bad Blood. I'm Rob Ellis. And I'm Derek Gunn. Let's get right back to it. We are now in the mid-2000s. It's 2005, and the Birds are coming off a Super Bowl defeat. Terrell Owens was wearing number 81 for the Philadelphia Eagles and playing with running back Brian Westbrook. 2005 came, and things got ugly between T.O. and the team, T.O. and Donovan, and they just couldn't see eye to eye on a lot of different things. And Owens didn't just have trouble with the franchise quarterback. T.O. was unhappy with his contract, and he let everyone know about it. There were all kinds of reports and gossip about what really happened between the Eagles and T.O. Here's what Merrill Reese has to say on the subject. He wanted his contract renegotiated, which the Eagles weren't going to do after one year. And he got into it. He was suspended during training camp and the whole thing blew up. He had a press conference in his driveway and did push-ups while the writers were asking him questions. And soon after that, uh, he got into some altercation in the locker room. And shortly after that, Terrell Owens was cut from the team. And that ended the Terrell Owens era. Like in any messy divorce, the players chose sides. Some supported McNabb and others picked T.O. In my 44 years of broadcasting the Eagles games, I have never seen one player who so totally tore a locker room apart. That was the end of T.O. in Philly. Just imagine all that he brought to our team. Now he's taking that talent, that inspiration, that leadership, that everything, that Hall of Fame credibility to another team, a team that we're going to have to play twice a, twice a year. So it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a good thing. Even after knowing all of the challenges on and off the field with this wide receiver, Owens was snapped up after he was cut from the Eagles. So who snapped him up? Well, it was none other than the Dallas Cowboys. Christy Scales says the welcome for the newest Cowboy was lukewarm at best. It's Jerry Jones who wanted Terrell Owens. Bill Parcells, who was the Cowboys head coach at the time, didn't want T.O. In fact, for months after T.O. joined the team, Bill Parcells didn't even utter his name to the media. He just referred to T.O. as the player. T.O. had a rocky history with Dallas fans. Was there any way this could end well? Jerry Jones signed Terrell Owens to a three-year, $25 million contract. And so now Cowboys fans are supposed to cheer for the guy that they hated. And even worse, he was actually really good. Terrell Owens, at his introductory press conference, said it's time to get your popcorn ready. It's safe to say feelings were mixed about T.O.'s departure to Dallas. Fans loved the numbers he was putting up. When he and McNabb were in sync, you could tell you were watching something special. But teams change, and in the NFL, you learn not to dwell on the what-could-have-beens. Jeremiah Trotter and the Birds had a new season to get on with. So no T.O., but Donovan McNabb was still suiting up for the Eagles. Donovan was just a goofy, playful guy. 
loves to have fun. Obviously, he's Donovan. He's one of the greatest quarterback in Eagles history. We won a lot of games with Donovan, man. He was a very special talent. We felt very, very comfortable running out of tunnel and seeing him come out of there with that number five jersey on. In October 2006, it was time for the city of Philadelphia, Eagles fans, and the team to welcome Terrell Owens back to town for a Sunday afternoon showdown. Jeremiah Trotter remembers that this particular Cowboys week was a little different than most. There's been a lot of tension in the air. Seems like the players are practicing harder, running harder, getting extra lifts in, and the coaches a little bit pay a little more attention to detail. And so you got that playoff atmosphere all week. So you've been the whole build up. While the players were prepping for a 4:15 kickoff, David Aker says fans were getting pumped in the parking lot. This one was going to be a little bit more hyped up because T.O. was coming back and. There was some animosity. I mean, we saw people burning jerseys and all this stuff prior. And I mean, it was a little bit on the crazy side, but that's what makes Philly Philly, right? The hype around number 81's return was palpable, almost comical. T.O.'s return to Philadelphia was an absolute circus from a media standpoint. I did my pregame sideline reports, not from inside the stadium on the field, but We set it up that I could be outside roaming amongst the tailgaters, which was phenomenal. A local radio station there in Philly had set up a thing where Eagles fans were to bring their Terrell Owens Eagles jerseys, and they put them in a coffin. There were bootleg t-shirt sellers going through the parking lot, and they were selling these t-shirts. I bought two of them. They were white with uh, green letters. And it said, you can't spell idiot without T.O. That's what I remember about that game is out in the parking lot buying bootleg T-shirts. Inside the link, Jeremiah Trotter and the birds were all business. Then kickoff, man, it's kickoff time. And you just try to go out and execute everything you worked on in practice. And you know what's at stake. Not only is the Dallas Cowboys, it's the NFC East team. And the first goal every year is to win the East. So there's a lot at stake in that one game. Good afternoon, everyone. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick at jam-packed Lincoln Financial Field. And what we have here, Mr. Quick, is the main event. The Birds scored first, a touchdown by Brian Westbrook. When you're winning a football game, you work really hard to score touchdowns. I mean, it's hard work. Some drives are 70, 80 yards. It's, it's just a long experience. And so when you take the lead, it's kind of like, ah. Oh, you release yourself, you're happy, you're glad, and you just think that it's going to continue to roll like that. And, and sometimes it does, most times it doesn't. So true. The Cowboys score, then they score again, taking the lead. When the other team fights back, now you got to go back out there and work hard again. You got to go back out there and try to regain the lead. And so in, in these seesaw type of battles, it's grinding to score, then relief when you score. Donovan McNabb scored on a one-yard touchdown. A moment of relief. Everybody in tight. McNabb sneaks. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. With 9.13 to go. Very exciting football game. It kind of went back and forth. And when you're playing your division rivals where the games are decided by three points, five points, something like that, it usually is hard to have that relief because they're they're usually not blowouts. Dallas scored again. The roller coaster of emotions continued. They took back the lead. It was Cowboys 21, Eagles 17 at the half. Bledsoe rolling right. 
We'll tuck it and go and dive. Touchdown. Touchdown, Dallas. The game was not going in the way the home team thought it would, but they were still in the fight. It was Philly, and they were playing at home. There were over 69,000 fans the Birds did not want to disappoint. The third quarter starts with Hank Baskett scoring on an 87-yard touchdown, giving the Eagles a slight 24-21 edge. They clung to the lead until the end of the quarter. Straight out of the fourth quarter gate, the Cowboys added three points. The score is tied 24-24. About halfway through the final 15 minutes, the Eagles score, taking a seven-point lead. But it's still anybody's game. It's going to come down to the last possession, so you're trying to keep your energy level up as high as you can just so that when it's your opportunity, you're ready to go out there and make a play. But then Lito Shepard, the cornerback who had that 101-yard pick six in 2004, was ready for a repeat. Here's John Dorenbos, the long snapper who played for the Eagles from 2006 through 2016. Two things about playing with Lito Shepard. One, he made big plays against the Cowboys. But two, every time he would intercept it, I loved when they would go on the loudspeaker or whatever and they'd play the song, Lito, Lito, and the whole crowd would cheer. Thank you, Bob Skaggs. But anyway, Lito Shepard picks off a pass from Drew Bledsoe late in the game. Seriously, there was only 31 seconds left on the clock. And he just ran. Bledsoe back. He looks, fires for the end zone, intercepted, intercepted, running with the football down the left sideline to the 50, it's 40, 30, 20. It's Lito Shepard raising the ball as he dives into the end zone. What a way to seal it with 16 seconds left. And they are celebrating. It's party time in Philadelphia. Lito Shepard picks it off in the end zone, and takes it for 102 yards for us to not just take the lead, because we already had it, but to really clinch it, to take the sales out of the Dallas Cowboys. And that stadium went absolutely crazy. Probably one of the most fun uh, PATs I've ever snapped. David Akers and I ran out there. Stadium's going nuts. Akers kicks it through. Rest is history. The history books on that game read Eagles 38, Cowboys 24. And you're probably wondering how much of an impact T.O. had? The Eagles pretty much had their way with the Cowboys in that game. And T.O. had only three catches for 45 yards. And I believe he was skunked in the first half. He didn't even get any of his catches until the third quarter. And uh, But Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback that day. And he was sacked seven times and intercepted three times. And so I think that that was a case where a team really did feed off the crowd. There will always be a giant what-if surrounding the McNabb and Owens partnership. And for the two Reeses, Merrill and Ike, that is still quite sad. As a combination, they were unparalleled. Terrell Owens, despite all of the histrionics and off-the-field stuff, Terrell Owens was a magnificent receiver. He was one of the most dangerous receivers in the National Football League. During his time, there was nobody better. And Donovan McNabb was an outstanding quarterback. There are people who today do not give him the credit he deserved. But I will tell you that in modern Eagles history, he's the best quarterback this team has ever had. There's blame that can be placed on both sides in certain areas. I'll say this as a teammate, as a former teammate of those guys, and I played with Donovan uh, a lot longer than I did with T.O., 
I just wish they could have stayed together because I know the, the beautiful music they could have made together. So true, so true. Hey, Derek, you're probably wondering what was happening in 2008. Am I? I think you are. The U.S. plunges into a financial crisis. Spotify launched in Sweden. Senator Barack Obama was elected president. Rob, I've got some too. Did you know it was the year Beyonce and Jay-Z got married? Madonna turned 50, and Iron Man and Dark Knight were also released in 2008. I didn't. Thank you, Derek. And for the Eagles, by 2008, Big Red, a.k.a. Andy Reid, was in his 10th season as Eagles head coach. He was still inspiring his team. Brent Selleck, a tight end from Cincinnati, was drafted in 2007. Here's his take on Coach Reid. The easiest way to explain, like, he's like the godfather, man. Like, everyone looks up to him. Everyone respects him. When he talks, you listen. And... I just think with the way he handles himself, with the way he handles his players, his players respect him to a whole nother level. In Dallas, the Cowboys had another new head coach, Wade Phillips. This year also marked the final season teams would play under God's watchful eye in Texas Stadium. The boys would move into a new stadium the next year. Brian Westbrook, now in his sixth season, says 2008 had been a bit bumpy for the Birds. That season, I mean, it had been rough. We had been up and down. We hadn't played as well as we should have played. We had some injuries that year. Guys were getting a little bit older, including myself. So we lost some games that season that we shouldn't have lost. And it was just a bad situation for us. It's true. By week 17, the Eagles were sitting at nine wins, five losses, and a tie. To add to the general feeling of disappointment, the Cowboys had bested the Birds in their week two meetup, 41-37. Those close ones really stick with you. Now, the boys were back for a game at the link. Both teams had lost the week before. The Cowboys to the Ravens and the Eagles to Washington. Despite those losses, the Birds could still make it to the playoffs. We had the 4-15 game or 4 o'clock game, and I believe the percentage chance of us making it to the playoffs was 17% before the day started. Like so many make-or-break games before this one, it wasn't just beating the Cowboys that would propel the Birds to the next stage of the season. It was much more complicated than that. The Raiders needed to beat the Buccaneers, and then the Bears had to fall to the Texans. Plus, the Eagles needed to win. On the line, a wild-card spot. The Eagles' kickoff was at 4:15. The Bears and the Texans and the Raiders and the Buccaneers both started playing around 1 p.m. So... This meant a convocation of Eagles could keep an eye on those two games. What the what now? Convocation? Oh, Rob, it's a collective noun for Eagles. Surely Eagles fans know that. Back to Brian Westbrook. And so what ended up happening was those games that we needed to win, the help that we needed um, from the other teams winning, they played before us. And so everything was just kind of lining up the exact way we needed it. So now our destiny... Is solely in our hands. Our ability to make the playoffs is solely in our hands. Our ability to go to the next level and continue a run was in our hands. Okay, so by their 4:15 kickoff time, the Eagles knew that all they had to do was beat Dallas. Super easy, right? Eagles moving from our left to our right here in the first quarter. It is an unseasonably mild day for December 28th. And it is a wild day as the unexpected happens. 
the dream of a lot of us has come true. The Eagles and the Cowboys with everything on the line for both teams. The kickoff is a poor one, and it bounces out of bounds. Yes. It bounces out of bounds. That will come out to the 40. First quarter, field goals are exchanged. And then it was almost as if the Cowboys just didn't want to put up a fight. Donovan McNabb scored. Carell Buckhalter found the end zone as well. And then Brent Selleck made a play. I think it was just a play action corner route where we were faking a run and then I was running a corner and, you know, they dropped me and I was wide open. Easy throw, easy catch. Nothing to that one, really. He makes it sound so easy. Poof. Touchdown. There was a point where I felt like I wasn't even playing. I almost felt like a fan watching our defense perform at such a high level, watching other players on our offense take the game and just take over it. And it was a beatdown. We jumped on them early on in the game, and it, it got ugly quickly. And the fans in Philly just showed their support. David Akers kicked a field goal to bring the first half score to 27-3 Eagles. John Dorenbos wasn't in the locker room at the time, but he imagines the theme of Coach Reed's halftime talk would have been something like this. When you're playing really, really well and you have a big lead going into halftime, two things can happen. You can keep the momentum and come out just stronger, or you kind of get lackadaisical, right? The other team makes adjustments, and the next thing you know, that momentum shifts. So you have to do everything in your power to stay motivated, to stay on top of your game, to finish it. And at halftime, that's when it's going to determine which way you go. Well, at the start of the third quarter, the birds showed zero signs of letting up on the boys. And then there's an exciting play involving Brian Dawkins. It is second down and 15 at the Eagles 19. Brian Westbrook and John Dorenbos explain what happened. They were a little bit past midfield, maybe the 30 or 40 yard line. And, and I believe Doc came off the edge. And one of his things that Doc always did was almost like he flew through the air to tackle a guy. Romo was back to pass, and all you see is number 20, Pfizer, 20 across the chest, you know, bicep, triceps, forearms, just going crazy and tackling him, knocking the ball down. Brian Dawkins comes in and sacks Tony Romo, causes a fumble, and who scoops it up? Chris Clemens picks it up, takes it 73 yards for a touchdown. And I remember after that, just seeing, I'm watching them run down the field to score the touchdown, but I see Dawkins down on the ground like he gave everything, all that he had to make that play. And I just remember me and Donovan running to go pick him up. Back goes Romo again. He steps up. He hit. It's fumbled. It is picked up. Running with the football is Chris Clemens. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! The hit by Brian Dawkins, and it was picked up by Chris Clemens, who took it all the way downfield. Chris Clemens for the touchdown. I can't believe all of this is still happening in the third quarter. The Eagles scored another touchdown and then nailed another field goal. By the end of those painful 15 minutes, the score was 44-3 Eagles. The Cowboys scored just three more points that game. Honestly, that one I don't really remember as much because the Cowboys got thumped. I just remember that it was decisive for the playoffs, but I really don't have a lot of memories from that game. I'm sorry to remind you, Christy, but the final score, 44-6 to Eagles. So what does it feel like to have such a lopsided victory at home? 
Well, it was a great feeling because not only did we win, that win meant we were headed to the playoffs. Most important thing in football, get to the playoffs and then allow your chips to fall where they may. And so because we had a rough season, a lot of disappointing losses, it was just important for us to get in. The Eagles would continue that season, beating the Vikings in the wildcard round. Then they would take down the Giants at the Meadowlands in a decisive victory in the divisional round. The Birds were knocked out by the Cardinals for the NFC Championship, but fans still remember the touchdownless game of 2008. We're coming for you, 2010s. Oh, what a decade. We've got more December suspense. I really love hate when the season comes down to the final Eagles and Cowboys game. I know, but it's like what Skylar Dixon said about the Birds, the Boys, and the NFC East title. It's been kind of back to the Eagles more recently because they've been basically just been handing the division title back and forth for the last few years. But we want that title every year. And I'm contractually obligated to bring it up. The Eagles had a critical win over the Cowboys on the road to the Super Bowl. I cannot wait. You have been listening to Return Game, Birds, Boys, and Bad Blood, presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. I'm Rob Ellis, along with Derek Gunn. Thanks for listening. If you want to dive deeper into the Birds and Boys rivalry, head over to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Birds, Boys, Bad Blood, where you'll find photos, videos, additional audio, and even more behind-the-scenes content. Compassionate and trusted care. Clinical expertise. It's the cornerstone of NovaCare Rehabilitation and why they're the leading provider of physical therapy throughout the Delaware Valley. Don't let aches and pains or any injury slow you down. Schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. The Philadelphia Eagles choose NovaCare. So can you. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy.